Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. All right, now I'm going to talk briefly about the sponsors that make this podcast possible. And keep in mind that all the money from these sponsors goes towards hiring outdoor journalism interns. This year, we've hired three interns and paid them $15 per hour. And over the course of this podcast, we've hired seven different interns, not only helping us report on Oregon's outdoors, but also teaching young college students journalistic skills that they can carry forward. Plus, it's a pretty fun internship anyway. They get to travel outdoors, report about the environment. It's a good gig, and these sponsors make it possible. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that before we get rolling. So this part you'll recognize. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley that is focusing this summer on the best way to care for its forest, beaches, and waterways through a promotion that emphasizes cleaning up and leaving no trace. We'll dive into how they do that just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department invites Oregonians to explore parks this fall and winter to experience the beauty of those seasons. If you're camping, remember to get firewood from sources local to your destination to avoid bringing invasive insects, such as the devastating emerald ash borer, into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forests for seasons to come. Learn more about protecting Oregon's ash trees at state parks, Oregon.gov. All right, in today's episode, we're returning to the Pacific Crest Trail to talk to a man who hiked the legendary pathway over 11 years and in 17 segments. In parts, this is a busy person's guide to exploring the 2,600-mile trail. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, in today's episode, we're heading back out to the Pacific Crest Trail to talk to an Oregon author who hiked the fabled pathway from Mexico to Canada over the course of 11 years. Unlike many hikers who complete the entire 2,650-mile trail in one spring, summer, and fall by through hiking, Eugene author Bob Welch took his time, traveling the trail in California, Oregon, and Washington in numerous segment hikes. Welch, a former Eugene Register Guard columnist and the author of over two dozen books, wrote about the glory of segment hiking in his new book, Seven Summers and a Few Bummers, My Adventures on the Pacific Crest Trail. Current Outdoors intern Olivia Stevens caught up with Welch last week to talk about his experience and whether he'd recommend this to other potential PCTers. Olivia is here with us today to give us a little background before we dive into her interview with Welch. Hey, Olivia, how's it going? 
Hi, Zach. I'm happy to be here. Like you said, Welch really took his time on the PCT. He first heard about the trail back in 1999, and he immediately knew he wanted to complete it. However, by the time he actually got around to it, life was too hectic to take the five months necessary to do it all at once. That's what drove him to complete the trail in sections. Well, as a busy father, I can definitely understand his methodology here. Once you reach a certain age, spending months out on the trail is not really possible. Yet it's so beautiful, you want to see every inch of it before you're physically unable to. You know, it's funny, over two years ago, we had a different PCT hiker from Eugene on this podcast for a very different reason. Emily Halnan had just set the speed record for completing the Oregon section of the PCT. She covered 455 miles in just seven days while averaging 57 miles per day. I remember thinking at the time that that sounded absolutely insane. But Welch's method, on the other hand, sounds a lot more doable. So Olivia, what did you learn from him? Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. And I'd say he definitely found out that there were pros and cons to this method, which he does detail in the book, including maps and tips in case you want to follow in his footsteps. But as he'll tell you himself, each person is going to need to take the PCT at the pace that works for them. No person's experience will be exactly alike. I'll let him tell you more about this, and then maybe you'll learn something that could apply to you. First of all, do you want to just tell me a little bit about yourself, um, your kind of experience living in Oregon, and just like kind of, um, yeah, just a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm a native of Oregonian, born in uh, Corvallis, back when the earth was cooling. I'm 69, 1972 graduate of Corvallis High, went to University of Oregon, got a journalism degree. I've worked in Bend and uh, Bellevue, Washington, and I was like a longtime columnist at the Register Guard in Eugene. So 40 years in the newspaper business. So I love writing, I love reporting, I love adventure. Um, I had hiked a lot. My my parents hiked a lot in the Cascades when I was growing up in the 50s and the 60s. And uh, then when I had a family of my own, we were like into baseball. All our summers were spent following kids going to baseball games. So I stopped doing the backpacking. And then when I was in my late 50s, I suddenly, I ran into a woman in 1999 named Laura Buell. I had just hiked Little Belknap Crater. Uh, near the D-Ride Observatory you know, on the old Sandy Hill Pass, and, and I said, where do you start? And she said, you mean today or in the beginning? And I said, well, like in the beginning. And she said, uh, Mexico. And I like fell off my rock. I said, you started in Mexico? Yeah. And you're finishing where? And she said, Canada. So that was, that day in 1999, it was the first time I'd been introduced that there even was a PCT. And uh, I just stowed that thought away and said, someday that sounds like an interesting experience and you know having a full-time job and having a family I didn't uh, I couldn't leave for five months like a lot of the young people do but I thought finally in 2010 I said I think I'd like to just try Oregon so my brother-in-law a doctor in Albany and I did Oregon in 2011 and then after that we did the uh, High Sierra about 210 miles of the High Sierra and we thought man we've got about a third of the trail done let's go for the whole thing. So we committed in 2000, the winter of 1415, we committed to doing the whole 2,650 mile trail. 
2011 we did Oregon, and then 2014, 15, that winter is when we committed to doing the whole thing. And we finished on uh, August 10th, uh, 2022. That's awesome. Yeah, and so I guess obviously you say that like a lot of people um, don't have the ability to just take all that time off and do all of it. Um, had you heard of other people doing it in chunks before, or was that kind of your, you just kind of decided, all right, yeah, I'm just no, do I, I, I've heard it's rare. I think, I think there's probably, for every, for every person that does it in sections, a section hiker, there's probably 10 people that are through hikers who do it all at once. So the section hikers are definitely the rarities. They say that there's, you could tell hikers, um, the three different types of hikers like this. So the, uh, a weekend warrior will see an M&M on the trail and they'll pick it up and put it in their pack and take it home and throw it out. A section hiker like me will pick it up, we'll eat it. And a through hiker will pick it up and eat it and then start digging for more M&Ms. So different types of people that you see on the trail. The advantage for the through hikers is when they start in Mexico in late March and early April, they're getting stronger every single day. By the time they get to Oregon, they've done 1,700 miles. They're training every day. Whereas a section hiker like me, as soon as we start getting in shape after two to three weeks, boom, we're back home, we're on our jobs, we're getting fat, we're eating bad food, we're getting out of shape. So we have, we did 17 different sections over an 11 year period. So um, the, the, the difficulty of through hiking is, or section hiking is again, having to get back into shape over and over and then get back on the trail. When you start in, in Canada or Mexico and end up in Mexico, Ostensibly, you only have to get on the trail once and off the trail once. Obviously, you have to go into towns for food now and then, but for the most part, once you're on the trail, you're on the trail. Uh, section hikers, we, we spent 17,000 miles just getting to and from trailheads over the 11 year period. That's interesting. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about that planning process. How did you um, plan out the trip and what was that like? like yeah, my, my brother-in-law, Glenn Peterson, was kind of our, our trip organizer and our navigator. So he would, you know, there, there's data books that tell you, you know, the, the PCT is from one to 2,650 miles. There, it's mile marks the whole way. So, you know, he'd get our data book out and start figuring out, okay, we have to go this far. And, and, and you have to plan to stay on water if possible. Um, and so he would plan out our trips and basically you go four days and then four to five, six days maybe. And then you have food sent to you somewhere. And, you know, you just, you figure out the logistics of it and make it happen. You carry about a, a pound and a half to two pounds of food per day and figure out where your water is. Of course, once you start hiking everything, you know, blows up and, you know, you, you get off schedule or there's too much snow and you're going slower than you thought or somebody sprains an ankle and it never works out the way that you think it will, but that's part of the adventure, right? Yeah. Have you, had you done anything like this before or was this nothing? Kind of well, the closest, you know, no, nothing at all like this. I mean, I've always liked the idea of challenges, physical challenges, like in 2008, when the Olympic trials were in Eugene, I told, I wanted people from around the country to understand the uniqueness of Lane County. I said, okay, we could start your day watching a sunrise at sea level in Lane County, and you could finish your day watching a sunset at 10,353 feet, the South Sister. And then the next year I thought, hmm, I wonder if you actually could do that. So I, I enlisted Glenn and my son Ryan, and we did it. We saw a sunset at Florence, ate breakfast in Eugene, fly fished the McKenzie River, played nine holes of golf at Tokachi, drove to Bend, drove out to Devil's Lake, 
put on our hiking gear and hiked to the top of the South Sister and saw a sunset at 627. So I've always liked challenges like that, but not one that was going to put me on a trail for 148 days and nights. That was way beyond anything I'd ever tried. And I've done, you know, I've done marathons, I've done the Hood to Coast and stuff like that. But the PCT is a different animal. That's really interesting. And since you've lived in Oregon your whole life, um, I guess it's just an interesting perspective that you have, like wanting to, I don't know, see as much as possible and being able to kind of like show people how how amazing the state is. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Like when you're down in California, you know, you'd be meeting people from around the world, literally. I mean, 40% of the trail is international now. 40% is women. Um, so you, a lot of people would be curious, well, what's Oregon like? And so I could, you know, well, I'm from Oregon, so I can explain it to you. And Oregon, a lot of hikers don't like Oregon, to be honest. And it's because it's because they're used to hiking in California for 1,700 miles. A good portion of that, you're above the tree line and you have wonderful views. And then suddenly you get to Oregon and you, you're going through what people call the green tunnel. It's just forest, forest, forest. It's yeah. dark, it's, it's claustrophobic for a lot of, I, this one woman came to Crater Lake and she just threw down her pack and said, I'm done, I quit, I hate this state. And she literally hitchhiked to the Medford airport and flew home. And so I, unfortunately she did that right below Crater Lake. I wanted to say, you know, if you just waited one day, <laughs> You would have had an amazing view and had, and had some really nice views from here to the Columbia River, actually, once you get to the Sisters and Three Finger Jack, Jefferson, Mount Hood. I mean, it's a lot of beauty in Oregon, but that, you know, as they say, hike your own hike. And, and I learned to not try to um, superimpose my views on other people. If they want, you know, if people wanted to jump ahead and not hike the whole trail, some people got all bent out of shape. Oh, they're not hiking the whole thing. Well, it's their hike. It's not a competition, right? So. Let them do what they want to do. You do what you want to do. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. On the Tillamook Coast, we've cared for our forests, farmlands, beaches, and waterways for generations. It's in our DNA, and we bet it's in yours, too. While visiting, help us care for our coast. Place trash in garbage cans. Pick up after your pet stay on trails, respect private property, and follow beach fire rules, which means extinguishing fires with water while also checking local rules to avoid igniting wildfires. Tillamook Coast welcomes your visit, and we hope that you'll become a temporary local while here. A few ways to do that include pitching in on a beach cleanup or taking a guided kayak tour to hear about ways to protect bays and rivers. There are science hikes to take, nature preserves and marine reserves to explore, or you can visit a farm, a commercial fishing dock, or even stop by a fish hatchery. Find out about all these options and how to care for our coast at tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. Once again, it's tillamookcoast.com slash caringforourcoast. I'm Andy Geisler. I'm a forester at the American Forest Resource Council, and we're proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Like you, I love the outdoors. On many days, the forest is my office. 
I work on the ground with public lands agencies on good forest management projects. Forest management helps achieve important conservation goals while providing sustainable timber. Science-based forestry helps improve wildlife habitat, outdoor recreation, clean air and water. And it's essential to providing renewable, climate-friendly wood products. Learn more about us at amforest.org. Yeah, and so I guess with that in mind, what was your approach to writing the book? Obviously, there's a lot of people have done different, have been inspired by the PCT and done a lot of different works of art, but kind of what was your approach? Well, you know, I mean, there's been, there's a lot of different approaches. Um, you know, Cheryl Strade's book, um, I thought was wonderful, and she's a great writer, very honest, but it, it wasn't a trail book per se. It was really a book about a young woman healing from the death of her mother. And so it was a it was a twining of the trail and a twining of, of somebody trying to heal emotionally. And then I've seen an awful lot of books about people who start in Mexico and finish in Canada. And they frankly, I don't know, they, I think they kind of get boring. I think what makes our uh, story interesting, uh, and Reese um, Hughes, the editor of the uh, PCT Trailside Reader said it, ours was refreshingly bumpy. He said, you know, we were bouncing around the West Coast like pinballs. We were going north. We were going south. We were in California at the start of the summer. We, we were at Washington at the end. Uh, we were enduring a pandemic. We were, our parents were, you know, one of our parents was dying. Our brother-in-law died while we were on the trail. Uh, we had forest fires. I mean, we, ours was, I just think, I think it has a lot of depth to it because of, you know, we were, a part of the story is about us trying to live our lives while also be on the trail for 148 days over 11 years. And so that, that can be challenging. And I wanted that, I wanted, I wanted that to come out in the book and I, I think that it did. Yeah, no, that's really, and, and doing it over 11 years, like obviously that there's going to be so much change that's happening. Yeah, I mean, we, we have, between us, my brother-in-law and I have nine grandchildren. Seven of them were born while we were on the trail. We lost three of our poor, four parents while we were on the trail. So life happens. Yeah, definitely. I guess um, after that whole process, like, what was it like finishing the trail? And I guess what is what was your kind of main takeaway from that experience of doing it in sections like that? You know, I a lot a, a few of my editors were surprised that I wasn't more euphoric when I touched the Canadian border in August of 2022. And I tried to explain the trip for me was never about touch, you know, getting to Canada. That way it was not like, I've got to do this so I can say I, I hiked the whole trail or so I can write the book. To me, the, the, the goal was to enjoy the journey while it was happening. And so my takeaway was A, the beauty of this, these three states, it's kind of like being backstage on a you know, Broadway musical. You get to see things most people don't get to see. Just the beauty of the high Sierras, the crystal clear water, the, the forests of Oregon. Yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And the, the people that you meet, again, I said 40% international. Um, you know, we, we had a, a, a young hiker from Sri Lanka. Uh, I went down and picked him up in Shasta City and brought him home to Eugene. And he, he and his four buddies stayed with us, you know, and then I took him up to Mount Hood. We, you help each other out. And that's maybe, the, the besides the people, the trail magic, people helping each other out is special. Um, you're, it's a day after Labor Day. 2016, you're up in the middle of 
Washington, it's raining, it's dark, you've been on the trail for 200 miles, and all of a sudden there's a guy on a dirt road um, with a Coleman stove and, and lawn chairs, and he's giving, he's cooking hot dogs for the hikers. And that type of inspiration, um, though, you know, between the beauty of the people and the trail magic, I think that's what, me, and, and my relationship with my brother-in-law, I think it's also a book about friendship. Um, it's, you know, being with somebody for 148 days and nights, not in the same tent, we each had our own tents, but still, you're, you're, you're with each other 24 seven. And, um, you know, that was, that was challenging at times, but for the most part, I think, you know, iron sharpens iron. I think that his determination to get it done sharpened my determination to get it done. And I mean, I, I just can't imagine doing it with anyone else. We both, we both wanted to do it and were had kind of an equal amount of passion for the journey, I think. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish you had done differently or that um, you would advise toward other people having been through this experience now? I think I would. What I would tell people, I, I I think I would have gone into it with a little bit more of a um, I, an attitude of flexibility of, of of understanding from the get go that all the planning in the world isn't going to make your journey go smoothly. That things are going to go wrong. I think I'd go into it knowing that that things are going to go wrong, and and you you have to adapt. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. Uh, I think you have to. You know, more than anything, I have to. You have to learn to go even when it hurts. I mean, the the biggest there's there's you make a hundred hundreds of decisions every single day on the PCT, but the biggest one is to to step forward or to, to quit, and and I think you have to decide. I I've I've had coffee with dozens of people since I wrote Cascade Summer in in uh, 2012 about just hiking the Oregon portion. And I can almost tell within about the first 15 minutes of our conversation whether these people who are interested in hiking the, the Oregon or the whole PC, whether they're going to make it or not. Because you just have to have this sort of attitude that I'm going to get this thing done. And I think, I think a lot of people like the idea of hiking the PCT. I don't know that they really like, like hiking the PCT. And those are two different things. Yeah. It's like writing a book and wishing that I had written a book. Two different things. So yeah, what did you like about hiking the PCT? Well, as, as I said, the beauty of the people, the trail magic. Um, yeah. I, you know, there's just just all these special moments. There was there was one moment, one afternoon, a Friday afternoon, we got into this lake and we were all by ourselves and we had the whole lake to ourselves. And then all of a sudden, I heard the snap of a twig, and then another snap of a twig, and some voices. And pretty soon, an entire Boy Scout troop moved in right next to us, and I was. I was beside myself, like, you you just ruined my perfect Friday afternoon. Glenn, a former scout himself, turned to me and he said, he just laughed and he said, are you listening to these guys? I said, yeah. And he goes, they're having the time of their lives. They're going to remember this night their entire life. And when he spoke those words, it just kind of reminded me, it humbled me and it reminded me that we don't hike the trail alone, that, that it's just not about you, Bob. It's, there's other people and it changed my attitude. And, and since that night, I, I can remember things happening in my life when maybe I thought somebody was impeding on my experience and I just kind of let it go and, and realized that, you know, I'm not on the trail alone and, and it's kind of arrogant to think that I would be. So I just moments like that beauty, being on top of Mount Whitney, we went to the top of Mount Whitney, which is not technically on the PCT, but at 14,500 feet, it's the highest point in the uh, continental United States. We, we went to the top of Whitney twice. Uh, 
and, and just the trail magic. People who gave us rides and picked us up and um, Cisco and Roadrunner, a couple from California who helped us through the snow and we became friends along the way. Those are the, oh, one night uh, near Mount Jefferson going to sleep and listening. We had a couple of guests that night at our tent from, from Israel and listening to uh, a young couple speaking in Hebrew around a campfire while I'm falling to sleep. I'm just going, oh my gosh, this is just a, a moment I don't ever want to forget. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, do you have any other big adventures planned now to follow this up or are you not sure yet? You know, we did, um, we did uh, 123 miles from the Columbia River down to Pamelia Lake in August. We decided we would do the, re, uh, we would do Oregon north to south. Uh, just kind of look at it from a different perspective, and that was fun. We 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 bit off fewer miles, and um, on my ins insistence, I said I do not want to get up at 4 a.m. like we had been. I want to sleep in till at least five, and I want to get to the place that I want to read in the afternoon, and I want to relax before dinner. Um, I, I mean, when you're working, you know, when you have to be go going back to jobs, I mean, we only took, of the, of the 148 nights on the trail, we only took what's what, one zero, one day off in 148 days. The average uh, PCT hiker takes, I think, 12 to 13 from Mexico to Canada. But we have schedules, we have jobs. And a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of through hikers don't. I mean, they have jobs, but they've taken off five months, or they they have visas that you know they got to be back in Germany and on October first. But so um, yeah, we I'm li I like the pace that we did here this last summer, and but I don't have any. Uh, I'm not aspiring to go do the Appalachian Trail or the Continental Divide or go to Europe. No, I don't need to do that. I mean, again, I didn't do the PCT. So I could have a notch in my belt. I did. I absolutely didn't. Uh, I did it for the experience, and and writing the book has been, um, you know, like a like a great burp after Chinese food. You know, it's just like I, I get to experience it all again. And uh, I, I've really, it was fun to it was fun to do the book. I just got through narrating the audio book version, um, so I got to kind of relive it all. And now, and now I'm speaking to audiences, and that I get to relive it again. I'm speaking uh, Thursday. Uh, October 26th at Tsunami Books in um, Eugene at 7 o'clock and then on Tuesday November 7th uh, 5.30 p.m. at the Corvallis Library. Um, yeah I guess is there anything else that you want to recommend to people or just that you think people should know about your experience um, for those who might be um, you know I, I think you got to go into it with your eyes open I, I think you know a lot of people when I did Cascade Summer and, and would be speaking about it 10 years ago um, a lot of people, I got the idea, thought that the PCT was sort of a pine-needled Interstate 5. And it just like a, you know, straight shot, and you know, just hiking along smooth territory. Um, right. The elevation on the PCT is the equivalent of 26 Mount Everest, up and down from sea level. It's not, there's only 10% of it that's any, anywhere close to smooth or flat. And it's, yeah. it's twisting and turning. I mean, as the crow flies, Canada and Mexico, 1,100 miles. With the trail, 2,600 miles, which is like walking from San Francisco to New York. So you can understand how twisting and turning it is if it's, it's, if it's you know, two and a half times as far as, as the crow flies. It, it, sometimes you're going south, even though the ultimate destination is north. So it's just way more uh, up and down. And you know, at, at times, it's dangerous. There's river crossings. You're in the high Sierra, you're at 13,000 feet, and you're on a trail that's chiseled into a piece of, of granite. 
there are you know there, there's some danger involved in it and you know not everybody finishes in mexico somebody sometimes people finish in body bags or you know uh, some people have gotten lost on the pct so i don't want to um i don't want to scare people but neither do i want to say oh yeah it's you know it's right. there's no risk involved because there is risk involved and that's that's why it's part of an adventure speaking of the risk thing you know at one point i you know i honestly believe Glenn saved my life from hypothermia in the middle of the summer, wow. and that's that's the thing when you when you're at ten or eleven thousand feet, it, even in the summer, and you get some rain on you, that's it, you could get, get cold. And I, I think he saved my life, and and then he got heat exhaustion in the desert north of L.A. You know, you're on the you're on the fringes of the Mojave Desert, um, so I think there's a way more diversity on the trail than people understand in terms of temperature, in terms of terrain, um, in in terms of foliage. And uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, I had to haul the guy down to this little ski community. And, uh, but, you know, you know, five days later, we, we had flown home to Oregon and then driven way back to a place called Lone Pine and we were back going up Mount Whitney. So, you know, it, once, once it gets in your blood, it's, right. you know, it's hard to, it is a, a little bit of an adrenaline rush and, and you, uh, and I think you need that to, to get the thing done, so. Yeah, was it interesting what doing it kind of as you were aging, like on the trail? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things I do in the book, um, you know, book is three hundred and seventy pages, and it's it's a very because it's such a convoluted trip. I, I went out of my way to try to make it to simplify it for readers. Like I have a map of every section. Um, I show you exactly where we are in relation to the rest of the trail. Yeah. I try to give it a lot of context, and I think my newspaper background. Um, sort of help that. No, this has been really helpful. I'm not from Oregon, and I actually just moved here like for this internship. So a lot of well, a lot of people don't realize here in Oregon. I mean, you, you're you know, if you're in Salem or whatever, you're you know, you're 75 minutes from the PCT. You you know, and um, it's pretty special. I mean, the, I mean, the, the kid from Sri Lanka called his trail name was Eagle Eye. I mean, I told Glenn, I said, imagine coming, imagine you and I going to Sri Lanka learning a language a little bit and, and trying to figure out how to do a, a 2,600 mile trail in Sri Lanka. I mean, the, you know, when we had a fire down in, in Northern California, um, our wives, uh, who are best friends, they were there in five hours to pick us up and take us around the fire. But you know, if you're from Sri Lanka, you don't have that uh, 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 benefit and so we were very fortunate Sally and Ann are very supportive and did most of that 17,000 miles of getting us on and off the trail over an 11 year period and, and so that was very helpful and another thing people need to know is that that this sort of revolutionized the ease of doing the PCT in 2012 uh, when the half mile app came out it tells you where water is it tells you where camp, camping spots are a lot of people don't understand about camping is like probably 90% of the PCT is uncampable. I mean, it's either you can't stay there because it's a national park or it's simply too rocky, too steep, too much foliage, too many trees, uh, too much water. There's just, they, you, it's very hard to find a place, a flat place to throw a sleeping bag in a tent. Um, and, uh, but the app changed all of that. So it, it's, I, I wanna say it's never been easier or less hard to hike the PCT than it is now. We, we met people on the trail who, who had done the PCT back in the 70s and they said they went 28 days in the state of Washington without seeing another hiker. 
and I said, "Wow, you're the you're the real heroes." Um, but now, with fires coming on as they are, it's it's starting to get really difficult to complete the the whole thing in a single year because there's just I mean I think what they say six out of the seven worst California fires have occurred in the last five years, and so I mean statistically, you know I don't care what you think about global warming, but I mean there's just irrefutable evidence that there's just more fires on the PCT than there have ever been. And so it's just harder to do. Like Welch mentioned earlier, you can learn more about his experience and pick up a signed copy of Seven Summers and a Few Bummers at Tsunami Books in Eugene, 7 p.m. on Thursday, October 26th, or at the Corvallis Public Library at 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday, November 7th. You can also go to Welch's website, bobwelchwriter.com, if you want to read more about him or his other works. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you like what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council, AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforests.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com com slash recreation hyphen map and thanks to the oregon parks and recreation department which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in oregon's outdoors thanks for listening and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the explore oregon podcast